Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to the 139th episode of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Brought to you by me, your host, Mac B. the Wolf. And I will be joined, as usual, by my partner in crime and cohort, Gary Action Jackson from the East Coast of the United States of America. And it's called The Ugly American Werewolf in London, folks. Yeah, I know. It's called that because I used to live in London. And I started the podcast from London. And I was talking about being an American over there, getting used to the culture, hunting down all these amazing historic spots all around London where the biggest bands in history have played and partied and made music history, you know. And that was a lot of fun. But then eventually I had to move to Amsterdam for a bit. Didn't really get a fair shake in Amsterdam, wasn't even really there six months, and we had to move back to America. However, when I was in Amsterdam, I didn't know we were going to be moving back so soon, bought some tickets to some great shows over there, and of course some of those I had to end up selling because we, I can't just go back to Amsterdam every time I've got tickets to a show. But one really stood out. Now I know you guys who've listened to us for a while know that I went to the Metallica shows the first two nights of the M72 World Tour in Amsterdam, and that was a blast. What's that? Episodes 127 and 128, I believe. But there was another one that really stood out, and that's Iron Maiden. The fact of the matter is, Action Jackson had never seen Iron Maiden before in his life, which is terrible for a 50-year-old. They toured so much, figured he'd have a chance. And I've seen him six times, and I've had tickets to see him like four or five other times that fell through for one reason or another. So I was anxious to see him again, but I wanted Jackson to see him. And because he bought his ticket to come over to visit before I left Amsterdam, I said, all right, well, no, we've still got to do this thing. So I said, yeah, yeah, I'll meet you there, man. I've still got the tickets. Let's go. I not only had tickets to Amsterdam, but also Antwerp two nights later. So that's what this show was about, is me and Jackson meeting up in Amsterdam to see his first ever Iron Maiden show at the Ziggo Dome. And then two nights later, we go to Antwerp at the Sport Palace to see them again on the Days of Future Past tour, where they're not only playing a lot of stuff from the new album, Sinjitsu, but they're playing a lot of stuff from the Somewhere in Time album, which is personally, for me and Jackson, our favorite Iron Maiden album. So this is the perfect show to go see. And we're going to tell you all about the details of it, get into both nights, and to help us do so, we're going to have one of the USA's resident Iron Maiden experts and passionate fans. It's Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, a great podcast talking about all things Maiden. I've guessed it on there before, talking about my Maiden story. And we talked about this show coming up that I was really excited about. So thanks to Steve He's kind of our interviewer here. He's going to walk us through what he wants to know. What he thinks the Iron Maiden fans out there will want to know. So we really appreciate Steve coming on and doing this. We're talking about both shows and something really amazing <laughs> that happened after the Antwerp show. You'll hear all about that here coming up here real soon. Just a little bit of business first. We always mention we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a network of about 100 different shows. All topics of music, there's definitely something in there for everyone. You can check them out at PantheonPodcast.com or at PantheonPods on social media. And of course, to our amazing sponsor, Rare Vinyl. Guys, Rare Vinyl is one of the greatest distributors 
of classic records memorabilia in the world. They have over a quarter million items in stock. They ship all over the world. They have a five-star rating from Trustpilot. And they've been doing this for 40 years. And if you find something that you love on there, lots of heavy-duty Iron Maiden collectors out there, go find some European stuff. Go find some Japanese stuff. Find something you love. And then use code UGLY, U-G-L-Y. When you check out, you're going to save yourself 10%. Doesn't have to be Iron Maiden. Everything they've got in stock, whatever you buy, you buy one record for 25 bucks, you buy three box sets for a thousand. Put in code UGLY, you're going to save yourself 10%. Now back to Iron Maiden. This was, I think, the seventh and eighth times that I'd seen Iron Maiden in my life, and it was a blast. And part of it was because I was with Jackson, my old friend. We don't get to go that many shows these days together. We really haven't done much since we were in college together. That's been 30 years. So to be there with him, on his first Iron Maiden show, made it really special. It's good to be back in Amsterdam. I love living there. It's a great place to be. And then the Antwerp show was somehow even better. You'll hear all about it here on the show. Let's jump in. It's me and Jackson talking about seeing Iron Maiden live on the Days of Future Past tour in Amsterdam and Antwerp with our friend Uncle Steve of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone right here on The Wolf. Hey Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. So here we are, back from Europe, back from a whirlwind tour of Europe, where we returned to my old hometown of, of Amsterdam there, but also got to take Jackson to his first ever Iron Maiden show and had a bunch of fun adventures along the way. And to help us kind of relive these memories properly and put them in context is the resident American Iron Maiden expert, it's Steve. <laughs> of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, the top Iron Maiden podcast around. Steve, thank you for joining us. Thank you for talking with us about my, what was it, seventh and eighth, I guess, Iron Maiden shows, but Jackson's first and second. Thank you for the welcome. I don't know if I'm the resident expert, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm a resident. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you just answered one of my questions because uh, that was the very first question I had was, I was going to ask Mac how many uh, shows you had attended. So you've seen seven or eight, you said. Yeah, because I, I went over that list when I was on your show in the spring. Right. You know, I made the list of all the shows I made and then all the shows I had tickets to and didn't make. Right. right. Um, so yeah. I went back through there and I kind of know Amsterdam was number seven and okay. Antwerp was number eight. 
Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Now, my next question is, uh, and and this is probably, thing. these are probably things you have addressed before uh, on your show, but I don't remember. When I talk to people, I just don't, you know, you talk to enough people, you can't remember what they say. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so uh, my question is, why, Jackson, have you never attended a show? Because you guys have been friends for a long time. That's an excellent question. I think it was it was a timing deal. And we kind of uh, moved away from each other uh, after college. And then I got married, had a kid, and I, I lived in San Antonio, Texas um, okay. for a long time, which is a big rock and roll metal town. But I, I just did. I just kind of got out of that. I, I didn't really have any friends that were into that kind of uh, music sure. and not really a super huge fan of going to shows by myself at that point in time. Although now I don't think that would be such a huge deal. But yeah, I just kind of got out of it. That makes sense. And, yeah. and Maiden went through their, you know, Blaze Bailey days. And so I don't even remember them coming to tour for that. I do remember when they put out Brave New World and, it, you know, Bruce and Adrian were back. And I just, I thought to myself, you know what? I should probably go see that show. But like I said, I didn't have anybody to go with. And my wife was like, they're stupid. I'm not doing that. So <laughs> I, I just, I just kind of, I just really never made the effort, which was now sure. going to see these shows was definitely my, uh, my error in judgment I de- uh, was incredible. Sure, sure. I can understand that. I've, I've been there. Now, when you guys go to this, sh- uh, these two shows, do you know the set list when you're going in? Yes. Yeah. yeah we, well, we, we had checked the the set list. What is it? Setlist.fm or whatever sure. it is. So, I mean, it, it, we were pretty sure we knew what the set list was. Okay. Yeah, okay. And it's consistent every night. They don't really mix it up. I mean, they don't even, they right. haven't even switched anything out yet. Usually at some point they might say, okay, this could be going better. Why don't we put something else in at this point? But, but it's, it's, I mean, since they've been doing this since May, I think the, right. the set list has been exactly the same. Every time. Yeah. I think the days of them, you know, when they started the original somewhere in time tour and they did like the first night, I think they did the loneliness, the long distance runner. I think they did it once and realized that's not going to work. I think those days are kind of gone. I think they kind of have everything rehearsed so well, but right. either way. So you, yeah, I, w- I saw the legacy of the beast tour and I went in not knowing as much as possible. I knew a couple of them that were going to mm-hmm. be there and, and it was, it's hard to do these days. It's practically <laughs> impossible, you know, Yeah. Espe- especially doing a podcast, being on social media, you know how that is. It's maiden themselves were putting the set list out the night it came on. So that's right. Yeah. I mean, now, even you, sitting you in the crowd, that, it, it, people would be like, Oh, I can't wait till they play this. Oh yeah. Hey man, I'm not trying to hear that. Right. right. Yeah. I had a, um, uh, on my show, I've got a guy, he's my official politician and he, went into the show without knowing. And I told him, you know, he would ask me questions. And I, one of the questions, I, things I told him, I said, whatever you do, I said, don't go look at the t-shirts before either. Because <laughs> if you do, you know, they've got hell on earth on a t-shirt. They've got Alexander the Great. They've got Stranger in a Strange Land. They've got all the things that, you know, surprises. So now you said you you guys attended uh, the, was it the O2 show? Or did you, or did you go to the, I know Amsterdam was one of, what was the other show? Uh, after uh, Amsterdam was yeah. Antwerp, yeah. Okay, now, okay, okay, okay. And so how far removed are you from these shows right now? Is it about a week now? Yeah, it was, uh, today's Monday, uh, and the first one was Tuesday night, and the second one was Thursday night last week. So, you know, not quite a week, you know, like four days, six days in there, yeah. So so who opened the shows? Uh, The Raven Age. What did you guys think of them? They were really, really loud. 
I mean, they, I mean, it was it was insane. Like we, when we got there, the the doors, you know, like you had to go into, you know, open the door and get into the deal, and we could hear them through that. They were really loud. Sure. You know, we were kind of talking about that a little bit. It's not really the kind of music that we're into, only because we don't like the the King Kong vocals. Gotcha. You know, the, okay. Yeah, I mean, like you know, when, when Maiden, I mean, like Bruce, he's got probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, voice in metal history. Yeah. The, right. These guys, they they, it's just not the same thing. Sure, sure, sure. Now, have either of you guys bef- uh, seen bootlegs of the original Somewhere in Time tour? No, well, no, because uh, there's just—it's shocking that they never made like an official one. And I guess they had right. already spent all that money to do Live After Death, you know, the, the big video and all that. So then they decided right. not to do it. And, and you know, with like the inflatable hands coming up at the end of the stage or whatever, because we've sure. seen the videos, but I've never really watched the bootlegs of that show. Yeah, I never have either. But you're right. With with Live After Death, they didn't, and I think they've learned that that error of their way since then because they did record Seventh Son. So that's right. Mm-hmm. And then now every album practically they do that. So that's although right. I think probably Bruce is better off that way because he's that Stranger in a Strange Land video was where you got to see his space pirate yeah. outfit, I guess. And right. I think he's definitely said that that was it. That was a miss as far as the wardrobe department went. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, okay. So this next question is specifically for you, Jackson, because I, because the Wolfman here has seen this seven times. <laughs> what were your thoughts when Dr. Doctor started playing? I knew. Okay. So I knew we were getting close. I knew that was like, that was the beginning. And I'm actually really kind of happy that they do that because mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, as soon as they, I can't remember what they were playing before that, but they kind of cut it short. And then they yeah. went into Dr. Doctor and everybody knew, okay, here we go. Here we go. This is going to start it. And then I knew that they were going to do some Blade Runner stuff after that. But yeah, that was like, right. you knew, okay, now it's time to, you know, because you're kind of looking around saying, okay, yeah. how many people are here? What does this look like? But as soon as that comes on, you know, pay attention. Yeah. The show is going to start. Yeah, and, and it's almost like a song from the set list because people in the crowd are all singing along with Correct. that as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, was it War Pigs they played at the last before that? Because I'm trying to remember. I think they played War Pigs. It got really loud, and you're like, "Oh, maybe that was Judas Priest that played War Pigs." I'm thinking of Priest. Never mind. Yeah, they they played Cashmere. I know one night. Uh, I don't know if it was right before Doctor Doctor, but I remember. Okay, well, we're we're we're, we're getting them amped up now, I guess. But I don't remember exactly <laughs> right. where right. it was right before. So obviously, the Blade Runner stuff starts. What what were your and you knew the set going in, but what were your thoughts? On, I want each of you to answer this uh, separately, if you will. What were your thoughts? Because uh, I've I've seen a little bit of the video of it. Whenever caught somewhere in time, whenever that. I mean, that's got to be a pretty momentous feeling. What what, what would you guys think, uh, Jackson? You first. What did you think? This is your first show. Caught somewhere in time is the first song you ever hear Iron Maiden play live. What are you thinking when it just kicks in and the music just starts before they run on? Well, it's kind of a little bit of background here. I was excited when they when they. It, it, when they announced this to begin with, because somewhere in time is probably my favorite record. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they did for a couple different reasons. But so I was excited that they were gonna they were gonna get into that. But yeah, that that's that's an iconic intro to it. Even though I knew the the very beginning beginning part wasn't gonna be live because mm-hmm. that's what they do. They play a little bit and then they come. You know, when the song actually really starts, they come running out on stage. But yeah, it right. was like I've heard that so many times. It's a great way to start the record and it's a great way to start the show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what about you, uh, Mac? Well, you know, I just I thought the lights were so cool when they're doing the Blade Runner stuff. You know, the lights right. going all around the stage on top of the bottom. Like, oh boy, yeah, here we go. And then you know, <laughs> somewhere in time it has a little bit of a slow opening mm, 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 yeah. to get you built up, and then pop, you know, pyro, boom, they run out to the front of the stage. You know, I'm like, yes, yeah. here we go, man. This is so much fun. And I was just excited because Jackson was there. It, it, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I, I guess we both have this passion. We've both been friends for so long. It, I don't know. It just means more to me to be with him than to be by myself or to be with some rookie or someone who doesn't care that much. <laughs> you know, uh, sure. not to mention, I just love it because I, I've seen so many great bands. I'm like, I know these are about the best live bands you're ever going to see. And, mm-hmm. you know, 10 seconds in, like, here's the proof. Look at them go, man. It's awesome. <laughs> Well, and that was that was kind of the the I don't want to say apprehension, but kind of a little bit in the back of my mind, like he's hyped this up so much. <laughs> and and but in the past talking about going to shows, but then when we decided to do this and now we're walking in, I'm like, oh man, you know, I hope this, you know, lives up to what I built it up in my head. And two seconds into it, no, it was as soon as they hit the stage. I mean, they've there's it's the sound is so awesome yeah. that they're so tight when they come out, they're so excited to be there. It's it's fantastic, and the crowd is just you know frothing at the mouth to to get the show started. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, another question I have uh, for Jackson here because I can remember seeing like say uh, Kiss in 1996 with the makeup on, first time for mm-hmm. me to see the original band. Yeah, were there tears shed? It, it was like I can't believe this is actually happening. You know, yeah, because we've we've talked about it so many times, and then you know we planned this trip. Yeah, there was the whole thing with, you know, Max was living in Amsterdam, then he wasn't. And like, is this going to happen? And we got it together. And yeah, to have it actually, to have it actually uh, come to fruition, it was almost like, it almost kind of stopped for a minute. Like everything stopped. And sure. like, this is actually happening. It's actually happening. It's not a, it's not a plan. It's not a dream anymore. This is actually happening. So right. it was, uh, yeah, it was very surreal and definitely lived up to all the hype. Very nice. Very nice. So one question I have is, is, I don't know if you guys are how much of you how much you've seen or heard about, but Nico was getting a lot of um, there was a lot of talk about Nico and his playing because "Caught Somewhere in Time" is probably not an easy song for a thirty year old drummer, let alone a seventy year old drummer. Right. And and I know I was one that was kind of like hearing the first couple of shows, I was like, wow, he's missing a step here. You can really you can you can really hear the differences. But as it's went on, it sounds like it's got a lot better personally so what did you guys did you guys think anything of it or was it just so great you didn't even care i'm, I'm gonna let you handle that one back because you used you, you thought you saw something there Uh-oh. yeah so i i so sonically steve i didn't catch anything 
bad or anything going on with Nico. And I, and you're right. Like when you first when he first when they first start, you're so excited. You're like that, ah, you know, you're not worried about. It. Right. But in those first couple of songs, again, I didn't hear anything way off, but I saw Steve go back to Nico and Uh-oh. and stand right in front of it. Kind of like, okay, this is the beat we're on, or, or this is the rhythm. Not what you're doing. This is what we're supposed to do. And you know how Nico was usually Mr. Happy and have a big smile and all that kind of stuff. On the video, I can see Steve standing in front of him, like intently, kind of showing him what to do. And then Nico's, he doesn't have that famous Nico smile on his face. It's like he was really working. Okay. He was sure. really intent and focused on trying to get it right. And I talked sure. to Jackson about it after the show. He's like, I didn't hear it. I'm like, honestly, I didn't either. But I think Harris did, uh, and oh, he sure. had to go back there and be like, "Okay, Nico, this is this is how you have to get this right right now." That was in Amsterdam. That wasn't the case in Antwerp. He never went back there once, as far as I okay. remember. Yeah, yeah. And and after you said that, you know, I I was looking to see when the camera would pan to him to Nico, and it did look like it was like somebody had hurt his feelings. Like he was just kind of like fine, you know, whatever. It wasn't that like you know because he's always mugging to the camera right. or you know doing his thing, and yeah, it looked like it looked like he had been scolded there but again I, I couldn't hear that he missed anything yeah that's a good way to describe it is is it's probably a lot more work for him now and i have a friend uh willie in finland he saw a show there and he said oh because I, I asked him after because he went it was that was pretty early on and mm-hmm. i said did you notice nico what did you think because that was right when we were really all talking about it and he said i didn't notice anything he said but when i went home and started listening to recordings of the show I was at, I could uh-huh. hear, I could really hear kind of a difference. And, and it sounds to me like uh, I haven't heard any more footage. I kind of backed off the footage, but it sounds like he's kind of for all intents and purposes, really picked it up. And, but like you said, if there's a moment like that, Steve's definitely going to go back there and say something. <laughs> right. Yeah. The no, and of, he's old. The right? of, I mean, he's seven, yeah. he's the oldest guy in the band, right? Yeah, yeah. The hardest job. Yeah. Him and Bruce have the hardest. I I just, the funniest thing to me is like, you know, you're 70, you should be enjoying retirement. And instead, you're on stage in front of 20,000 people getting yelled at by your boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's just, it's kind of funny to me. So um, something I've read uh, on Twitter, I just wanted to ask you guys, because I, I haven't heard how this happened, or if it happened, or I've heard it happened, but I haven't heard how. They said that Bruce teased deja vu somehow during a show recently did he do that during your show the song yes. deja vu did he tease it and he what, yeah. did, what, what was this it was, it was something about how he was doing the crowd work blah 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 and it's like you know it, it was uh you know days of future past sure it, you know we've done this blah 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 it's like deja vu that's another song we have but we're not doing it tonight or something like that, he uh, yeah. that. it was like he that. mentioned it in uh in amsterdam but he didn't mention it in antwerp but it was something like that like he's he said that he said the title, but then backed off. So yeah, there were you know there was a few years ago. I don't know if you if you guys ever saw the footage where it was oh, I don't know how many years ago this was it, but they were doing uh, well. It had to have been on the Legacy of the Beast tour, and they were doing the Klansman. And there's yeah. the bit where he says, "We can't let them take anymore. We can't let them take anymore. We're the land of the free." But then he changed it one night, and he started going, "We can't let them take anymore. We can't let them take anymore." Alexander the Great, and, he, and it was at, I believe it was in Greece when he did it, and ah okay, it has been like I said that's been uh, on the Legacy tour, but I because he goes we're going to try something different, you know, and and when he did it, it it was just like everyone going 
okay, when's this ever going to happen? When are they really <laughs> going to play a, you know, and, and then of course we're going to go over the set list here in just a sec. So you guys actually saw this. Let's see what we got. So I have the set list here yep. and I'll go over it real quick. And I want to get you guys' thoughts as we go through here, I guess. So obviously you've talked about caught somewhere in time. So they did a second song with stranger in a strange land. You guys must like that one, right? Love yeah. It. Love that. Love the bass beat. It's a, it's a little bit slow, and I think mm-hmm. maybe that's why they didn't they took it out of the set. But I, I love that song, and it's awesome. I think they put the "Stranger in a Strange Land" and "Riding on the Wall" in order because "Caught Somewhere in Time" is such a fast paced song that it was a chance mm-hmm. for Nico to kind of catch his oh, breath. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, how was how right. was Adrian's guitar solo in there in "Stranger"? Yeah. yeah, he Adrian was, and we, we talked about this. We were on in in um, Antwerp. We were on, and I'm sorry, in uh, Amsterdam. We were on the Yannick side, and so he okay. comes out and he's you know throwing his leg up on the on the amp and you know mugging to the crowd. And sure. I love Dave. He played awesome, also. But the bottom line is that Adrian is the lead guitarist in this yeah, band. Man. Yeah, sure. yeah. We were talking about how getting Bruce back for Brave New World was huge for the band. But what might have been bigger was getting Adrian back, man. Yeah, yeah. His sure. songwriting, his lead guitar, even his backup vocals led to these songs. And then when you kind of go through some of these, obviously he was big on the Somewhere in Time album. But the stuff that they did in addition to Senjutsu and Somewhere in Time, when you think about The Prisoner, that's very Adrian, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, The Trooper he was big on, you know. And, and then there's the, the two... Fear of the Dark and Iron Maiden, which maybe he wasn't a part of when they when they made them, but right. still the rest of it, it's very, very Adrian centric. And and his solos are the best on most all the songs they play. Yeah. I, I think I think all three of them are, you know, have definitely great soloing. But yeah, Adrian's to me stand out <laughs> a little bit more. I like the bite that he has on his. Um, which side were you on? You said you were on Yannick's on the one side, but at the other show, where were you at? We were on the the uh, the complete opposite side. So oh, we were on the Dave cool. slash Adrian side for uh, for Antwerp. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. To see yeah. both sides of that. So then they went into see riding on the wall, Days of Future Past, and how was Days of Future Past? How'd that one go? How'd that one sound? I thought it was great. Uh, I, I thought that was killer. To be honest with you, everyone knows riding on the wall is a big single. They had the killer video. Bruce sure. even played it at his one man show with both Jackson and I, and you saw him too, right, Steve? Yes, I saw that. Yes, yeah. So we, we've all heard that, and it's been out for a couple of years. We've heard the whole album, sure, but but that one's already kind of drilled in there. I thought Days of Future Past was one that I had kind of I don't know forgotten about is the right word, but it was just good to to not know it by heart, and then it comes in, and it's like, oh yeah, this is really pretty awesome. It's it's not as big a runner as some of the others are. But I think it's very melodic, and it's not super long. And again, Adrian's yeah. bit is is perfect. Right. Let's see. Then they went into Time Machine, which I'm I personally uh, I somewhere in times the album I came in on, you know, as a fan. Okay. Uh, I started Live After Death was out when I became a fan, but of course, Somewhere in Time was probably the first studio album I had. Wow. But I and I, I think I would want to hear a couple of the Somewhere in Time songs, but I would probably want to hear more of the new ones. Uh, I know we kind of differ on that. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, actually, no, because it, because part of the attraction too was the fact that that both Mac and I really do like uh, Sinjutsu. It's a it's a solid album, and the stuff that they picked were really good. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I was a little just, I, I, I will, I'll get to that question in a minute here. Okay. So, okay. T- so time machine, I thought was really cool. Cause I think one of the best musical sections from the whole album is uh, they know that there's that part where it goes and it's just a very cool musical section. It's, it's a little bit of a, I'm trying to remember what someone called it. They said it just, they said it gave him a weird vibe, that musical section, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course they played the prisoner, which was the first time I believe since, uh, the 2013 or so when they did that uh, seventh sun tour, which I loved ever since I saw 12 wasted years. Uh, And they told the story about getting Magoo's permission to use his voice on the track. And then they (laughs) show the video. I'm like, well, this is an awesome song. Why wasn't this a single or why wasn't this bigger? And, and then, yeah, to see Adrian do it. And and in in Antwerp, Bruce actually kind of ran over because he's, you know, he's on the riser that goes all around the, the sides and, behind okay, Nico, right? Sure, so sure. Yeah, the, the riser is kind of a U-shaped thing or, you know, box shape. But he's like, Mr. Smith. And he ran behind him. He's like, here's Mr. Smith. So he could let Adrian yeah. do that. This yeah, is so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Now, the next song they played, they played Death of the Celts. And I was wondering, I was surprised that they played Death of the Celts. Why is that? Because it's slower? No, because of the, of the three longer tracks, I was expecting the parchment mm. over that. Okay. But I I got to say I I think that's a uh I love the bass intro on it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh there's actually a video right now of uh, the band called The Cure and their bass player was at the end of one of their songs apparently plays the intro to Death of the Celts. He plays that bass solo thing. Really? So yeah, I have a friend that is a huge fan and he said he they played three I think they played three shows in LA. He went to two of them. The third show, the one he didn't go to the guy does the death of the Celts bass intro. <laughs> so no way. he was a little, I thought, which I found interesting, but how did y'all like that one? How'd that one come across? I think it was good. I mean, it, it was, it was a long song. It was a new song, but I think they, uh, yeah, the, the intro was really cool. Cause it was kind of, and, we, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but it was fear of the dark E, you know, with the, with the, uh, so they, and I knew that was coming up. So that kind of pumped me up for that also, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it fit really well into the set list. No, I actually love Death of the Celts. To be honest yeah. with you, it may have been my favorite new song in the okay. set list. Just because, uh, yeah, it, it's got that vibe where, where Steve does have the special bass to do the intro. Uh, okay. And then it picks up and, and Bruce is really great in it. And, and just live, it just came across, I thought, really well. I, I'm like, you know what? I, I remember talking to Gary afterwards, like, you know what? That was good. That's, that's, that was really awesome. You're right. I usually go for the older songs before I go for mm-hmm. the newer songs. But when you've got a good blend of both, I feel like that's what makes the killer set list. And if the new album isn't that good, like I go see them on the Dance of Death tour, but I don't really like Dance of Death, right? Yeah. I'm like, just get through these so we can get to the stuff that I like. But I <laughs> felt like these fit in really well. They're well composed. And yeah, like Jackson said, it, it had the Fear of the Dark-esque intro. And then the rest of the song is great. And then they, of course, after that, they kind of go on a run of some real classics, right? Yeah. The other uh, the other cool thing that I really like about the show is that every single song has a custom piece in the back. Right. Big banner. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a different thing. So you know, like, okay, we're switching, and then it's a different uh, deal. And that one was really cool, you know, with people laying all over the battlefield. So that really kind of – that really adds more to the, to the experience of each track being a different – Mm-hmm. chapter here yeah yeah i know when i took my daughter i know sometimes they roll those banners across right before the song starts like especially on the trooper and you're like oh here comes the trooper yeah. so. <laughs> hi this is mick wall and you are listening to the ugly american 
werewolf in London. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business. And I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So, so they did Can I Play With Madness next. What, what did you guys think of that live? Because how did they start it? Did they start it with the one, two, one, two, three, four bit? Or did they do a cymbal hit? How'd they do that one? They did it. Well, like Bruce did a little bit of crowd work and he was talking about how, you know, what was it? Something, something, Monty Python was in this. And then, yeah, the, I think it was the cymbal intro and then into the song. Okay. I've never right. liked the... When they do it with the a one, a two, I'm like, no, no you're yeah, Iron no. Maiden. Stop. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think they heard you on that because they did not do that. And, <laughs> and it turned out great. I mean, that's kind of where we came in was yeah. our buddy Rob lent us the Seventh Son record when we were freshmen, okay. when we were living okay. together. And I'm like, damn, this is good. And of course, that was kind of the single, the short one uh, on yeah. there. And uh, again, Adrian was great on it. I'm like, damn, this is fun, man. This is so much fun. I'm so glad we get to do this together. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound surprised when you give me your answers. I know you've already given them all to me. I just Some people will go, oh, well, you know my feelings. Like I'll talk to them on Twitter. Oh, you know my feelings on this. I told you this. I'm going. <laughs> don't worry you about know, that, man. <laughs> yeah, you're, you know, you're not the only person I talk to and um, I don't have the greatest memory. I mean, <laughs> But it's song lyrics is what I have up here. I don't have, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Plus, the listener doesn't know everything we know, so let's you know right. let's make it from this. Is true. This is true. Yeah. So, uh, so can I play with madness? Goes into heaven can wait. And I'll be honest, when I saw that one two there, I I was like, that's probably when I would, and I don't even drink. That's probably when I would want to go get a beer. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> I, I I like those song. I like Can I Play with Madness as a song on the album. I'm not a big fan of it live because I I think they struggle. You've got multi layered Bruce on the chorus in the album, mm-hmm. and then live you've got Steve Harris and Adrian trying to pull it off, and I just don't think they do very well. But either way, and plus it's a Seventh Son song, and you're doing a Somewhere in Time tour. Put Deja Vu in there, <laughs> <laughs> or or you know what, Sea of Madness. 
that's what that's oh, what yeah. I really people would be all over that. Yeah. Yeah. But they did Heaven Can Wait. Did they pull anybody on stage for Heaven Can Wait for the whoa, whoa, whoa part? No, like, like back in the day when the when the crew used to come out there, you'd even see Smallwood out there, you know, yeah. uh, singing along. I, I was kind of anticipating would something like that happen, but no, they, they didn't. But I'll tell you, the women in the crowd, most of whom were wives or girlfriends of guys who were big Iron Maiden fans, especially in Antwerp, they were really singing along to that one. I, I don't know if that was a bigger hit in Europe than it was in America, Okay. But they were, you know, kind of, kind of, they kind of like that. And then the, whoa, whoa, whoa of course, the crowd yeah. was way into that. So, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. The, the female audience really perked up on Heaven Can Wait. I can tell you that. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought so, too. <laughs> the female crowd, that's just something that didn't used to happen. <laughs> 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 now, now, after um, Heaven Can Wait, uh, obviously, the Maiden does something they've literally never done. They played a, a brand new song from an album that's 30 years old, a song they never played live. <laughs> so what was there any kind of, did Bruce intro the song or did they just kind of have it fade into that? You know, my son asked for thyself another kingdom. How did that go? Yeah, I think that that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it kind of, it kind of, it faded out and then they went into the spoken intro. I don't remember him doing any no. intro to this. No, no, no. He, that's exactly what they, they, they ran the, the, the spoken intro from the song itself. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I mean, as we all know, we've all attended spoken word shows. We know Bruce likes to talk. I'm surprised he didn't, you know, get up there and say, because he even said it at one of his spoken word shows. Someone had asked, are you guys ever going to play Alexander? And he goes, yes, we are. I said, he probably knows that stuff years in advance. <laughs> they, the, You know, they're, they have a plan for years and years in advance. So it's sure, he surely knew that. He surely knew that. So, so how did you, uh, how did you, obviously, uh, Mac, you've never, you know, you've heard, you've seen Maiden, but you've never heard them play this. This is one of the, like I said, brand new. What did you think, having been to a lot of shows and then actually getting something completely brand new from an old album? Yeah, I, I thought that. Not, first of all, the crowd went nuts as soon as they rolled out the banner, mm -hmm. uh, which is like Eddie in, in like Centurion, you know, garb with the big shield and the sword mm -hmm. uh, with his face. Right, uh, everyone's like, "Oh boy, here we go!" You know, so mm -hmm. the crowd was into it. And I think the band, their energy was really up for it because they knew the crowd loves it. And you're right. Yeah. They, it's been sitting around for, for 30, 35 years, however long it's been, and they haven't yeah. really dug into it. And, and they really delivered it. It was it was killer. It was so much fun. And my like, God, this is kind of what everybody was waiting for. I mean, more than probably any other song. Oh, this sure. is this is what everyone was waiting for, right? And and you know, look, I've only seen them in America prior to this. And while the American crowds are excited and maybe the people up front, you know, are the real diehard fans, you can tell Bruce is nonplussed or not thrilled to be there sometimes if yeah. the place is only two thirds full or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You couldn't have gotten another person in there with a shoehorn either one of these nights. Okay. And we're talking 17 to 20,000 people, packed, upper rows, packed in the upper deck, yeah. packed yeah. in the floor. And, and that gives him more energy. He's more psyched oh, to yeah. do these kinds of shows. And I just, they're, they're gods in Europe. They're just another hard rock band, except to the diehard Maiden fans here in America, sure, I feel sure. like. You know? I agree and with so that. That changes the vibe in a huge way. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting for me because th this being my first show, this it, I knew the hype going in that they had never played this before. So it was kind of like, hey, I'm new to this but they're playing a song I know nobody else has heard either. So yeah. here we go. 
And there was, it was interesting because in, uh, in Amsterdam, Bruce did make a comment about that right off the bat. Like I thought the I, I mean, the place was packed, couldn't have got another person in there, but I thought it was a little reserved. And, and Bruce did say something about how it's very cold up on stage tonight. Hmm. Something like that. I'm like, mm, I guess maybe he's not feeling this right off the bat. It got mm. going, but sure. at the beginning, it was it was a little stiff. Interesting, interesting. Real quick though, on that note though, Jackson may be right. Amsterdam is a little bit more of a cosmopolitan city, you know. Uh, I, I would say it's it's bigger, and there's maybe a little bit more money there. And the sure. Ziggo Dome was pretty nice, kind of more new and that kind of thing. Whereas I feel like Antwerp, I don't know if it's a and it was a nice place too, but I don't think it's as big. And the Sport Palace was not quite as nice and new. And Jackson could feel like, even remarking to me, he's like, there's a bit a bit more of a dirty, grittier vibe here tonight. I feel like we're going to sure. have a, a little bit more of a, a time here. And, and I, I think he was right. And I don't know if it's a more blue collar town or whatever, but I, I, I could feel a better, a bigger vibe in Antwerp okay. than I could in Amsterdam myself. Yeah, okay. I think that. I mean, even I don't know what the seating capacity was one to the other, but it seemed like in Antwerp, everybody was more on top of each other. So it was really it was really more of a compact place. And, yeah, it just seemed like everybody was more psyched up, you know, on the train. I mean, when we took the train into uh, to the uh, sports palace in Antwerp, you could not have gotten another person on the train. They were packed <laughs> in. Everybody yeah. had a maiden shirt on. Everybody was ready to go. When we went into Am- in uh, Amsterdam, same thing, but there weren't that many people on the train. I don't know if the times were a little bit different, but sure. in in Antwerp, it just seemed like like it was more of a – it was more electricity there. And I did, I didn't ask this, but you guys did have seats. You were not in like the pit area or anything, right? That is right. correct. And yeah, I yeah, didn't okay. think that that was still a thing. It's not in the United States, really, but it <laughs> is there. And Wuha, where there people packed in on top of each other. Yes, somewhere. I've seen some of that, and I was, I, I never. I'll sit a little further back to, to avoid the pit because I'm just like, I want to have a seat, you know, I want to be able to have right. a, my own, my own little piece Space. of uh, property. Yeah. So, so then of course they, they go now, another kind of baffle to me a little bit, if you're going to take songs out and leave songs in was leaving fear of the dark in, which obviously is a great crowd song, but at the same time, it's uh from an, you know, from a couple albums past. You mm-hmm. think you could have left something else in or brought something else in. But either way, Fear of the Dark's a great crowd song. Uh, I, I never uh, get tired of hearing that one live. I'm sure. And I'm sure in Europe, uh, I'm sure the crowd was probably a whole lot better because, like, I totally agree with you on the American crowd. Hey, it's great, but it wasn't American crowds that sang along with guitar solos. It wasn't American crowds that. <laughs> That's right. When you, you compare the crowd sound on Live After Death, to some of the other ones from other countries and it's it's pretty vast difference too so what did y'all think about that how that how did the sing-along go how how did the crowd react to that one it it was good but but i was a little bit disappointed because i've seen him i've seen bruce in the past where he does you know everything's quiet and then he says you know a light in the dark i mean a light in the black or just a fear of the dark so i was kind of hoping he would do that but they just went into it but yeah the the crowd was very receptive to yeah dark because that's a good sing-along one also Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're singing along with solos. You're singing mm-hmm. along with everything. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'll tell you, Steve and Yannick, and, and and we can talk a little bit about Yannick's role here if you want, but Steve and Yannick bounce during Fear of the Dog. Yeah. Fear of the Dog. They're bouncing yeah. with the crowd on that side. On the other right. side, 
Adrian and Dave are just kind of nodding their heads and playing along, but Yannick <laughs> and Steve still jump up and down, you know? I always say that Steve, uh, Dave and Adrian are like, they've got their roots into the ground, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like trees planted over there sometimes, but, but you know, it, it, it is, they're all there for their reasons. You know, Steve has everybody where he has them for a reason. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I do appreciate, I know, I know he gets a lot of flack, but uh, I, I was, me and my daughter like watching Yannick. He's just his. Uh, he definitely you know, brings the energy. He definitely yes. is. He's definitely getting the crowd pumped up. And, and, you know, in the first show we're sitting on his side, he's pointing, you know, to the crowd and sure. swinging the guitar around and everything. So yeah, he definitely adds an element to the show. He's, right. he's he's definitely entertaining. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so obviously the show ends next with fear uh, with a uh, Iron Maiden. They close out mm-hmm. the original part of the show with Iron Maiden. What was the Eddie like during Iron Maiden? I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen what they're doing this time. So it's he Blade was, Runner. Yeah, it's Blade Runner Eddie. Okay, kind of like the uh, album cover guy. Then that's right. Okay. Uh, well, but it, well, he's. I, I think he didn't. He have the hat on. And the well, there was two. First, like in caught somewhere in time, they had hat on Blade Runner Eddie. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. But for Iron Maiden, it was more like cover shot. Yeah. Oh, cool. with his gun. Okay. And and here's the thing: they didn't do this in Antwerp. I don't know if the pyrotechnics were off or whatever. But in Amsterdam, and we were on Yannick's side. There was a big gun on the top of where Bruce runs around on, on the riser on top of everything on Yannick's side. So Eddie comes out on the Adrian and Dave side and he points his gun and he starts shooting it at Bruce. And so their fireworks go off around him. And then Bruce has this big gun, almost like they had on American gladiators where they would shoot the tennis balls at people, <laughs> yeah. you know, trying to get there. Right. And he's shooting it at the Eddie and they're going back and he's flipping him off and they're shooting it back and forth. Yeah. And and we were right there to see it like coming right at us. Like I got a little video I, I stuck oh, on cool. YouTube. I'm like, this is fun. Eddie or Bruce, who you got, you know? And right. then when Bruce walks off, like his gun kind of blows up. And then Eddie's like, ha victory. You know, I got sure. Bruce kind of thing. <laughs> I thought that was fun. I thought that was a blast. Oh, very cool. Very good. I know, I'm trying to remember what it was on um, the last tour. The, well, we saw the second part of the Legacy Tour, and it was a little bit different because Bruce, I'm trying to remember which song it was, but he came out and he had a gun and he was doing some shooting or something like that and acting like he was shooting. I can't remember which song that was, but it was, it's funny because, you know, Bruce is very theatrical. So it's just <laughs> kind of, he, he hams it up. Were there a lot of costume changes? One of my co-hosts was not a fan of all the legacy of the beast costume changes. Not really. He had like a, he came out in pants, a shirt and a coat, and then the coat came off. Um, and then he, I think he had a vest on at one point in time, but yeah, it wasn't, it was kind of like, he, it was the same outfit he was just in kind of different configurations. Okay. He didn't. He didn't go in and do the change. Like it wasn't for the, like for the trooper. He didn't have the red coat on or anything like that. So, so the encore, they go off, they come back on stage, and they they open the encore with "Hell on Earth," which mm-hmm. is you know the album closer. 
from Sinjutsu. So did did Steve come straight out and start playing it? Was he by himself? Was the whole band out there? How did that go? They they all came running out uh, on that one. But my problem with this song is that there was not enough pyro for this. Okay. One. No, I'm just kidding. I thought my <laughs> face was gonna was gonna catch on fire. I mean, because usually like they start and there's a couple like puff puff. Sure. You know, and then they go into the song. This was the whole thing. They were blowing. It seemed like it anyway. They were blowing fire off of the entire stage. Very cool. And how did yeah. that song? How did that song come across? It it it, came, it was awesome. You know, I think uh, they did a little bit of. You know, there was a. It, they were talking about kind of. You know, kind of where we're going in in. You know, the history of the world. And they mm-hmm. again, they had the apocalyptic uh, backdrop for that. So I, I thought I thought it came off really well, especially to start the encore. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that, that that's a good way to do it. Like, you still got one more good new song you want to do. Mm. Kick off the encore with it, and yeah, it, it came across great. They were awesome. Very cool. Very. That's that is one that I've seen a lot of uh, pretty rave reviews on. Like everyone's pretty excited to have that one in there. It seems yeah, and they to, they had done a couple of pyro, you know, a little bit, but I mean that was constant the whole time, and I think that really added to it. You know, it added to the the everything looking like it was destroyed in the back and then sure. just just the show of watching them do this over and over and over again and they probably had i don't know maybe 10 or 15 of the the fire spouts coming out of the stage <laughs> yeah, yeah it was pretty intense that's awesome that's awesome so they closed the show with two classics they close with the trooper and they close with uh well then they then they go into wasted years after that mm-hmm. uh how did you guys enjoy the last two songs I mean, we when we did when we reviewed Peace of Mind, you, we were talking about how if you if, if you've never heard Iron Maiden before, you said what's Iron Maiden? You would play the Trooper for them. So just to hear yeah. that live, it's just I'm glad that they. I know they play it a lot. I'm yeah. glad they. I'm glad I got to hear it. Yeah, I could never get tired of that one either. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm like, I'm it's just Jackson's first show. Obviously, they're not going to play every favorite song, you know, that you're going to have. But I'm like, I'm just glad they played that one for him. And at that point, I was so psyched. I was having such a good time. Mm-hmm. And then they play that, and like, it's not like it dampens your mood. Right? It's like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's so much fun. I'm like, yeah, it was great. I'm just like, I'm so glad Jackson's here to see this, and I'm here with him, and the crowd was just digging it man it was it was awesome that's awesome and then wasted years i guess uh any so were there any did y'all hear any flubs anywhere in the show i know you said that you caught steve going back there and reprimanding nico but did you hear anything where the the band sound like they were missing anywhere not that i could hear i mean if you go and i don't know i'm not the audio engineer or anything but i didn't hear i didn't hear a missed note i didn't hear anybody start a different song or you know there wasn't (laughs) that like wait a minute we're not you're a you're a measure ahead or something like that i didn't see any of that well, on Wasted Years, I won't say there were flubs necessarily. I will say he didn't play it. Adrian didn't necessarily play it exactly like you hear it on the album. Okay. He maybe took some license. This is my solo. This is my song. Sure. And, and, and he'll play it just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. 
it, it wasn't like he was bad. It was like, oh, he's screwing this up or anything like that. And in Amsterdam, he kind of announced like every time we play this song, Bruce is like, it's the best effing night of our lives. Every time we play this song. And sure. they got into it and, it and it's off and running. And then we were having such a blast in Antwerp. The show was so much fun. We had these two American guys from Atlanta sitting behind us who were maybe our age oh, a little cool. bit older. And, and we were starting high five them after certain songs. And it was like, when yeah. this came out, we were, they were, it was euphoric. It was like, God, this because this is honestly, like Jackson said, this is about our favorite Maiden album. And if I had to pick my favorite song off the album, I guess it's this one. I guess it's Wasted Years. I just okay. I love the intro. I love Adrian's solo in it. And, you know, the story is a simple one, but it's one, someone who I used to travel for work all the time and sometimes pass my wife in the airport, you know, because she was doing the same thing. And like, we wouldn't see each other for two weeks. And I'm like, yeah, you know, let's let's get away from the wasted years of being on the road. When are we going to have our life together? I don't know. It just kind of hits home as much as ever now to me, I guess. Hey, this is Scott Holliday from the Rival Sons. You're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did y'all hang around while always look on the bright side of life played at the end of the show? No, we uh, we Max got his uh, concert agenda and it's just (laughs) like if you don't leave now, you're never going to leave. So we we bounced out of there and uh, jumped on a train. Did y'all get any shirts? Yes. Yeah, I'm wearing mine. Okay, which one is I? I'm trying to. Sorry. Yeah, I'm a little far away. It's basically uh, it's Eddie in his Blade oh, Runner Stranger. hat. Okay. Uh, yeah, Stranger in a Strange Land, and then on the back it has like all the European dates uh, okay. from May through August, uh, which is pretty cool. And, and I got the one that's half somewhere in time, Eddie, and half uh, Senjutsu put together. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So I like. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is cool. Very cool. Very cool. So out of the set list, what, what were there any changes you would have made if you could have, uh, uh, Jackson, you first. Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say not really, because I, I really like the two new, I, I really like the new record and I really like somewhere in time. I mean, like you said, you could have messed around. You could have put like sea of madness. You could have put deja vu, but I mean, to hear it, to hear the stuff, I think they had just enough old stuff too. Um, I okay. I love the set list, and it was interesting because Max said, "Well, you know, you're basically seeing the same show twice." Sure. Uh, it, uh, but my thing, and I thought about that, and my thing was, but it's like watching a movie again, where you say, "Okay, I can, I'm going to see different <laughs> things. That the, the yeah. experience won't be as overwhelming with the lights and everything, so I can concentrate on the music." So yeah, I I, I thought this was a really solid set list. Okay. Okay. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I, because it, I mean, I loved it. I, I loved the set list. I thought it was awesome. 
I was so psyched for Jackson. Like these are your first shows that you ever saw because you know I, I saw yeah. them with plays at a club. It is my yeah. first show, you know, and, and that's a pretty different set list. And I'm like, this this is so awesome. And just the fact that they threw in the prisoner, Fear of the Dark. Mm-hmm. I get like you say, it's a big crowd pleaser. They kind of never don't do Fear of the Dark. They kind of never don't do Iron Maiden. And they do the trooper quite a bit. So, you know, getting the prisoner was just, I was totally psyched about that. And can I play with madness? Would I have subbed out something else on Seventh Son for it? Probably so. But yeah. I did see them do that tour. What was that, 2011 or whenever that was, when Alice Cooper opened for them over here? Mm, um, where they where they revisited, where they did about six of the songs, including the title track. So I'm like, you know, I've kind of seen most of those anyway. So, I mean, sure. I, maybe that I would switch out for, for something else from that album. But that's that's picking nits as far as I'm concerned. I, it, I would <laughs> say this is the best set list of the eight shows. Well, although I, this is two of the eight shows. This is the best sure. set list I've ever seen him do. Okay. I wrote down what I would have changed. <laughs> I would have Let's taken out. I would have taken out Can I Play With Madness? I would have taken out Heaven Can Wait, and I would have taken out Riding on the Wall. And I would have included all new songs for him. I mean, obviously, if I could have got Sea of Madness, I would have taken. That's my favorite song from uh, somewhere in time. But I I hate that they took out Senjutsu and I hate that they took out Stratego. Yeah. Because I really like both of those. And Riding on the Wall is a good one, but I just I like those two better. And I just would have added, I wrote also wrote Lost in a Lost World. But I think I would have put in Senjutsu, Stratego, and Sea of Madness. So the three S's there for gotcha. to replace. Uh, all three of those, but you know, I, I I like the whoa 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 part, and and like I said, can I play with madness? I just it's hard for them to replicate all the vocals that happen, you know, on the album sometimes. So right. So okay, we got three more questions here. First one is each one of you guys. Uh, I'll, well, I'll say um, Jackson, you first since this was your first show. What was your favorite and least favorite song to hear from the show? What's least favorite might be. Just, you know, like I said, he just picking, like he said, picking nits out. But <laughs> well, which one of each of those was yours? Okay. So my favorite song, it, it either, it had, it either had to be Stranger in a Strange Land or it had to be Wasted Years because okay. th- those are my two favorites off of that. And, and Stranger in a Strange Land, just because that bass at the beginning is just, it's mm-hmm. awesome. And then probably the one that I would have taken, or the one that I was disappointed about, it actually it might have been "Can I Play with Madness?" Because now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, you're right. I was psyched to see it, but it just yeah. doesn't come across the same way yeah. live that it does on the record. I just don't think that there's a big clamoring by Iron Maiden fans for that one to come mm. back of all songs. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. What, what about you, Mac? Same question. So, yeah, wasted years. Just I, I just love the song so much. And by the time the crowd's in such a froth at that point, they're going nuts. And, and Bruce is still in a good mood, you know, at that point. It, it just it turned out so great. Although yeah. I'll say of the of the new ones, as much as I like Days of Future Past, I thought Death of the Colts, uh, of the Celts rather, was awesome live. I, I thought they did cool. a great job with it live, you know. So if, as far as the new songs go, I'll take that. Least favorite, I mean, it might be Iron Maiden just because I I've seen it every single time sure. and, and you know it's coming and it's it's like all the new wave of British heavy metal bands back at that time had a song named after themselves right it was right. Just kind of something they all did and then yeah. some of those bands fell apart because they weren't that great some of them were sure. good but they just didn't make it and it's right. just kind of like it's an obligation 
or, or it's a relic of the past. You know, it's like I saw the Stones on their 40 Licks tour where they did like they did a club, an arena and a stadium. And when they did the club, they take satisfaction out and they put in something rare. But when they do the stadium, they put it back in. I'm like, you could take Iron Maiden out and it wouldn't hurt my feelings. It's not that I don't like it. And I expect it in the show. But, you know, I mean, you want to take out Can I Play With Madness? I say take out Iron Maiden because I've seen it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think I do think uh, I know we've discussed that on my podcast and we all kind of like, you know, it's coming. You know, you don't really care. You just, right. It's there. It's kind of a downer because you know, okay, the set's ending now. At least, mm-hmm. you know, and it's getting really close to the end. So, what did you guys think of Eddie's stage presence during the show? Like, how many times did he come out? I know you mentioned he came out during the first song and during um, Hell on Earth. I think you said no, no, during Iron Maiden. So, uh, what did what did you think overall of Eddie's presence on the on the stage, Mac? So, I, I might be wrong in that. He may not have come out during Iron Maiden for the gunfight, Jackson. I think it was uh, it was during it was during one of the um, uh, somewhere in time songs. Maybe it was Heaven Can Wait. I, I don't. Mm. My memory's not so good. I was just looking mm-hmm. at it so I, I can hear what song it was. <laughs> but yeah, he came out early. First couple songs, like he came out on on Stranger in a Strange Land, I think, and then maybe it was Heaven Can Wait when he came back. So it was only those two two okay. Eddie appearances, and he didn't go nuts. But he went over to Yannick once and let Yannick kind of hug on him or whatever, and then go back. And then the gunfight part, which was only in Amsterdam, they didn't recreate that in Antwerp. The gunfight part, I thought, was the coolest Eddie interaction ever. Because one thing I have heard is they said Eddie looks really good on this tour in his incarnation. And and wasn't he wasn't he in the samurai outfit at some point in time? I could have sworn. Oh, you might be right about that. Yeah, he came out. He came out at one point in the samurai deal, and he was swinging the sword around. You're but right. The only thing is, like, I've seen, and I guess they probably don't do this any day because they're old now. But like, they used to like beat on him, you know, like, <laughs> right. they, they, like tackle him and throw him to the ground. So it was more like it was more like a stage thing and not a not a spontaneous deal. But yeah, it was cool to see, and you know he's coming, and it's you know you see him come out, and it's fantastic. Sure. No, you're right. There was three. So there was like yeah. Somewhere in time, Blade Runner with the hat and the duster, Eddie. There was mm-hmm. Samurai Eddie, and then there was cover of Somewhere in Time with the Eddie. Gun, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I said I had three. I have I have one more question, and then I have a follow up. Sure. So obviously, um, the big question here is is the show ends the second well the first show either show uh, Jackson like you okay I finally seen Iron Maiden what like what's all going through your head at that point. Uh, yeah, I mean, at that point in time, it was like it was one of those like, is it is it real? Is did that really just happen? I can't believe that it was awesome. Everything sounded great, and it, it was. Yeah, it would have been sad, like, oh man, I can't believe it was over. But I knew I was going to see him again, so I'm like, I can't. And I so I was yeah. psyched for, I was psyched for the the second show also. But yeah, it was just it was euphoric to see to see the whole thing happen. Not not a disappointing moment at all. I've got, yeah, I've got to imagine. I, I was just thinking that because you see your very first show and then you know, I'm going to see my very next show like in two days. So yeah. that's got to be that. Yeah. So that I'm assuming that probably amped your level of excitement up even more, right? Correct. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, um, it was just, uh, like I said, I thought I was going to be sad, but the fact that there was another show to look forward to, I think definitely helped propel me to the next one. Yeah. And, and you I, know, I even asked it too because like when I went to see Metallica in Amsterdam, in April, right. you see the first night, and then you know the next night, it's going to be totally different, like all different songs, right? right. 
So I ask him, I'm like, well, I know it was awesome, but you're going to see basically the exact same show again. Is that a bummer? He's like, not at all. I cannot <laughs> wait. You know? And yeah. and the second show was better. Yeah. When I saw the Legacy of the Beast show, the original one before COVID and all that stuff happened, and they only had one more show in the States. Like it was Dallas and I believe it was San Antonio. And I remember that Legacy show was so good that I remember just thinking, I've got to, and I didn't get to, but I was thinking, is there any way I can possibly get down and see this next show? Cause it's yeah. so, it was so amazing. Now, a, a, one other question for Jackson before I hit the last question is yeah. I assume at this point that you're not going to miss any more maiden shows when they come your way. Absolutely not. And, and I wouldn't, if it was, if they're doing what they're doing now, it would be like another legacy, of the beast tour, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I would absolutely go and see that. Can't believe it if they said they were going to do this exact same set again. Yeah, yeah, see it. yeah. Sure, sure. And so, just because, just because the 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 energy that they have. I mean, they they've been doing this, and I, that's what I told my wife. I'm like, they've been doing this since like what 1981, 82, something like that. And maybe you could say you know 83, 84 when they did the the World Slavery Tour. That was the big one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to to come out there every night and still have the same amount of of energy and the same amount of appreciation for the crowd. Like Mac was saying, he says every night is the greatest night. You know, it's, it's, they never, it doesn't seem like they're resting on their laurels. Like they really enjoy being out there and playing. That's a really good point. Cause you know, you 40 years into a career. I mean, I, I work with guys that have been doing their job for 40 years. Sometimes and they, they don't have the same fervor for their job. that, uh, <laughs> that Iron Maiden does. Of course, they're not probably getting the adulation either. So, That's but, right. So, so the last question is, uh, and this is not related to the show, but uh, I'm sure Mac will know what I'm going to be, why I'm asking this. But afterwards, after the show, I believe it's the second show. You go back to the hotel. You decide, hey, let's you know, let's go to the bar. Let's have a drink. Let's talk about this. Let's you know, whatever. And from what I understand, you saw a couple of familiar faces in the bar. So we get back amped up. Don't want to go to bed. You know, Oh, let's just have a drink. Is the bar open? And, well, and first of all, we, we, we basically walked back. Like the sports oh, yeah, house yeah. is a couple miles away. And oh, okay. like, and, and like that train was such a mess getting in there. I'm like, I'm not getting back on that train and, you know, being squished in like a sardine. Mm-hmm. Let's just walk. It's only a couple miles and we're psyched. We're, 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 yeah. you know, let's just do it. So we, yeah, we're kind of get all the way back and like, okay, I'm thirsty. Let's get to the bar. We saw these folks from Atlanta. It was like a mom and a dad. And I think the dad's a guitar player in a band okay. in America. And then they had their okay. 14-year-old daughter, Amelia. Uh, it was Nicole, Gary, and Amelia was 14 years old. And this is like her 20th Iron Maiden show. Like, <laughs> wow. This girl's awesome. She has a great life. But like right. they came back. And I'm like, okay, I got to run to the bathroom. And Amelia was like, Bruce, Bruce. Well, like, now, yeah, I like Bruce too, honey. She said, no, no, no. Bruce. Like We walked right past him. At oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So and, and then yeah, you go, so, Jackson. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say, so, so Max, like, I go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, fine. And and the the way it worked was that you kind of had to go down a flight of stairs, and you know, it's, I'm like, eh, eh, there's got to be another bathroom somewhere. I don't feel like doing all that. So I want, and I had had a couple of beers. So I'm Mister, like, hey, I own this place, so I'm just gonna blah blah blah. <laughs> so I walk past the bar, and I, I there's there's a hallway down there, and I'm like, oh, these are just rooms. Eh. All of a sudden, so I stop to turn around and go back the other way. Guy comes around the corner. It's Steve Harris. And you want to talk about like instantly like, well, bam, I'm awake. Let's go. He's going to walk past me. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I just say, Steve. 
and he turns around. It's like that, like, oh, God, what is this going to be? <laughs> I stuck my hand out, and I just said, hey, man, you guys kicked ass tonight. Really appreciate it. You know, thank you so much. And he's like, oh, cheers, mate. And he walked past. Yeah. So according to the International Bro Code, Chapter 5, Subsection <laughs> 3, Paragraph A, we are now friends because he called me mate. So yeah. I got that going for me. So yeah, he walks by and I'm freaking out. I am freaking out. That so is a I flex. Back. Oh, I mean, just, I mean, just that I can't <laughs> believe he walked right past me. Oh my God. And it was always like, I wonder where the band stays. The band was staying in our hotel. Wow. So like Max said, we get back to the bar and, and uh, they're like, she's like, yeah, Bruce is right there. I would have never recognized him. He had, well, he had his hat on. He had like, you know, glasses on. He yeah. was doing like a, like a, some kind of puzzle. He was sitting with his girlfriend and so we're sitting there we're across the bar. And then I think you said something back about how, oh, my God, Adrian's sitting on the other side of the bar with three or four other people. So we're just and and we we had uh, there were a couple of guys that we were hanging around with that after the show. Like, I can't believe this is really happening. <laughs> yeah. So to top it all off, like, OK, I've been an Iron Maiden fan. You know, my first tour was Seventh Son. The best I've ever gotten is Bruce stepped on my hand once at a solo <laughs> show he did. <laughs> awesome. Good. Yeah, you go to two shows and you get to have a handshake and get called mate by Steve Harris. That that's awesome. So, uh, Mac, did you you're sitting at the bar waiting for him to come back, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. So we get our place in the bar, and it turns out we're across the bar from Bruce. So he's on okay. the other side over there, and it's it's like it's just us. It's Bruce and his girlfriend. It's Adrian and his family because he's got like his wife or girlfriend, and then like some some. Mm-hmm. Some kids. I assumed they were his children. Yeah, um, yeah. And then it's it's the two of us, and eventually a couple guys come and hang out with us, and and that's it. You know, are you guys wearing maiden shirts while you're in there? Yeah, I'm wearing this shirt. I think Jackson's got a wolf shirt on. Correct. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to uh, rep the corporation there. <laughs> Not to mention, we're talking loud because we didn't wear. Well, I didn't wear my earplugs, so we're talking sure. loud about how awesome it was. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they were thinking, "Oh, these are just American tourists who are just out late." They knew we were yeah. fans or whatever, you know. Sure. And I snuck a couple of photos. I'm not going to lie. I, I snuck a photo of Adrian drinking his wine. And apparently, he didn't like the first glass of wine they brought mm-hmm. him, and she's like, "Can you bring him something else he doesn't like?" Because of course the bartender hooked him up or whatever. And Bruce is just sitting over there working. And, you know, usually I'm the, the loud one, like, hey, how you doing? And listen to the wolf kind of thing. But after a few beers, I chill out. But Jackson goes the opposite way. Now, he's the one who, like, is like, I'm going to go talk to Bruce. So I'm like, okay, man, go over there and say hi. So I give him some of our stickers. He goes and says hi to Bruce. Wow. Hands him a wolf sticker. I got the thing on tape on, on, on my phone. Like, I just hope, I, I, I just set it up behind, like, sure. where, where the fruit are at the bar where they put the garnishes and the drinks so you couldn't really see that I was <laughs> recording. I'm like, dude, no, not recording. And he's like, yeah, thanks. And he shook Jackson's hand. He took his glasses off and put them back on. And I'm like, damn, dude. And so I'm like, I will now do it to Adrian. So he went off <laughs> and said, Adrian. I'm like, look this guy. <laughs> well, and to my credit, when I, I came back, I just I just said something to Bruce, like, hey, you know, it's same thing. Great show. Thanks so much. You know, this is our, I mean, I had the shirt on. I gave him the stickers. I'm like, this is our podcast. You know, yeah. it, it mean the world to me if you listen. Will he do it? Probably not. But hey, for that one second, he seemed like he was interested. He looked at it. Sure. Um, you know, it wasn't just like, Ugh, whatever. And then I left because, I mean, he's just trying to live his life. But I mean, sure. again, you're at the bar, so whatever. Then he left. 
And then I went around and talked to Adrian. So it wasn't like I went right after that. Like, ooh. So yeah, we gave yeah. him a little bit of space. Same thing, you know, fist bump. Thanks so much. Gave him the stickers. And yeah, it was it was surreal. That was that was the yeah, most probably crap. part of the whole thing. So you first two shows, you meet Steve Harris, Adrian Smith, and Bruce Dickinson. Correct Mundo. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I and didn't when, realize Matt when Adrian went back that. to his room too, he he waved to us. I'm like, thank you, man. Thank you for everything. You know, like, thanks so much. It's like, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Be cool. Take care. Whatever. That's so cool. Yeah. Adrian <laughs> seems like a pretty down to earth guy. And Steve does as well. Now, uh, I have yeah. other thoughts on Bruce, but that's really cool. I mean, I I was talking to my daughter yesterday and, and I said, well, if I could interview anybody in Iron Maiden, Bruce would probably be, be last on my list because he's always he's the one that's out there the most. Right. He does kind of have this ad little he's the little more arrogant you know he's from the other you know the posh side of town and right the other guys are all working class guys and my daughter's like wait you wouldn't want to interview bruce i go no 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 no. i would <laughs> interview bruce in a heartbeat of course. i said but i'd love to just talk to the other guys because they're not out there as much so well yeah. and i think we because we were kind of talking about that too i think bruce would be a little more sticky like you know yeah. he would have something to say where it was like if you if you could talk to and and i mean i would absolutely do it in a heartbeat don't get mm -hmm. me wrong sure. but to talk to somebody like steve is like he just seems like you know he's more reserved and and the same thing with adrian so and and well nico would be the same way too he'd have a yeah nico would be fun yeah <laughs> i always think it would be you know dave steve uh nico and yannick because i those and of course i'd love you know adrian might want to talk about fishing and i'd just I caught my very first fish ever, like last week. Oh, wow. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I think those guys that were there through the the lean years too, mm -hmm. I think there'd be a lot of neat, you know, stories from that mm. time as well. Yeah. So. Well, you mentioned Yannick. I mean, we we had to get up early to take the train back to Amsterdam the next day from Antwerp, and you know, it was a little rough that morning. I mean, we. We didn't leave the bar till two thirty or something like that. And when we oh, got man. to the room, we were like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! What just?" You know, we were kind of yeah, bouncing exactly. up and down, playing the music <laughs> till three thirty or four, and then we get up at eight, and I'm like, "Oh, I am not twenty five years old anymore." You know? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. when we were, we had so we had breakfast, and we saw some of our friends who we were hanging out with at the bar. But then when we were leaving, here comes Yannick down to breakfast. You know, oh, and I'm my. like. If we hung out here, and I got an email from that family I was mentioning before, she was like, hey, we'll check out your show. But yeah, I mean, we basically had breakfast around all of them. You know, the, wow. you guys left, like, they're all down there. The crew's down oh, there. Man. Rod's down. Like, everybody's down there. I'm like, God, that's that's unbelievable. And it, was, it wasn't like a huge hotel. It was like a boutique hotel with, like, three floors, Jack. Wow. Y'all yeah. just picked the right hotel. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, that that was my wife. She she picked out that she's like, oh yeah, you guys are going there. Here, stay here. And so a plus to her because yeah, it, that was a home run. Wow. Yeah. What a way. What a what a way to end. That's a whirlwind trip, and then <laughs> and then get to meet half the band on top of it. Wow. So did y'all y'all didn't say anything to Yannick though, right? No, because that was one of those things where like it, the place was packed. Okay. He gotcha. was trying to get his breakfast. It's I mean, gonna it be was coffee. A, you know, we're yeah. walking out. I mean, it's like, hey man, yeah. you know, I didn't want yeah. to. Too, the bar know. thing was was a little bit different because like we were saying we were the only people there and it was late sure. so i yeah. didn't feel as bad about like getting up in front of everybody but yeah at breakfast time when you're just trying to get yourself together then now nah, that's i'm not messing with that but yeah what a what a what a way to end that what a i mean you can't really that's the cherry on top right there absolutely yeah it was an amazing trip yeah, yeah it was fantastic 
and, That's and awesome. Like, now Jackson, now what do we do? Where, where do we go from here? You know, yeah. we even started to look like, well, they're in Spain over the weekend. Should we change our flights? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah we can fit that. one more in. Yeah. <laughs> I was spent, man. I, I I basically slept like 17 hours yesterday. Okay. I, I it took it out of me to do all sure. that and then get back here. Cause then you gotta be oh, yeah. up for 24 hours because I can't sleep on a plane and blah blah blah. Right, right. But that's I have wild. No yeah. What a, what a what a like you said. What a way to end it. You know. I mean, you can't really you really can't beat that. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think so. It just everything fell into place. Great shows, great set list. You know, great stories to tell. So really appreciate you coming on to kind of guide us through this. Also, that's the part of the story I did not know. I Max sent me a little bit of like a couple of pictures. Like, hey, look, we saw Bruce over there, and I thought, oh, okay, well, they took a couple of pictures. And they said, oh, there's Adrian. Oh, cool. Wow, but I'm here. I am walking down the hall. Hey, Steve Harris, nice to meet you. Oh my god, that's so wild. I had a chance to meet Steve. He was here in what would have been February or maybe the beginning of March of 2020. He was here with British Lion, and you know he was always doing meet and greets. Mm -hmm. I had went to a show, like two shows, the weekend before, so I thought I'm just not going to be able to hit that show because my wife will get upset. And then of course. Like literally they got on a plane, they flew home and the world shut down. And I was like, mm. that was it. That was my chance right there. And I <laughs> missed it. So I'm kicking myself. So, but that's awesome. That is, a, that's, a, that's, a, those are really cool stories, guys. Those are awesome. Steve, why don't you tell our listeners, you know, about your show and where they can find you? Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm on every, I guess I would be on any streaming platform. It's called uncle Steve's iron maiden zone. And uh, it's, it's me. It's usually me, Matt and Kirsty. Uh, we do, we do, uh, which you were on once you did your Iron Maiden story. That's, That's something right. I do every month. I know, I think we had discussed Jackson coming on at some point afterwards, after we had this conversation. Right. So, so, uh, but people, if you want to send an Iron Maiden story and they send me an email, it's Iron Maiden podcast at gmail.com. And we, uh, go through your Iron Maiden history and, uh, we do history episodes or I have a guy named Andrew and he comes and he does uh, like you hear the trooper. He goes into the actual real history of what that song's about. And he goes into all kinds of areas. He even did one for yeah. weekend warrior from fear of the dark, which is a terrible song, right. but, but <laughs> he went into what it was really about. And it was, you know, the hula football. Hooligan yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> and it made it really interesting. Um, we, we do shows where we rank things. We do album reviews. We do a lot of stuff, but we it's all a reason just to sit around and talk Maiden, basically. So. <laughs> that's it's awesome. always fun. Yeah. So, but that's it. Yeah. I'm, I, like I said, it's our Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone and it's on, uh, uh, you can find it anywhere. And we're definitely not experts, uh, but we're, uh, we all love Iron Maiden. We've all been fans. Uh, the, that group of four, we've all been fans roughly since the mid to late 80s, around the time you guys came along. Yeah. as well so uh and that's what we do <laughs> i guess i don't know much more to say no that's uh, awesome now check it out it's a great show and if you like iron maiden you're gonna love it yeah hopefully so hopefully so either you'll love us or you'll hate us but you'll have <laughs> you'll have a feeling one way or the other we have some bizarre opinions at times and uh that get us into trouble so let me yeah, ask people, you guys one question one yeah. question would you say that peace of mind is a masterpiece album 10 out of 10 would you is that what you're asking is it a yeah. 10 out of 10 yeah masterpiece would you call it a masterpiece it's got quest for fire on it yeah it's got die with your boots on on it which Sun some people steel. it's got a to tame a land uh i i can't i can't rank it i personally i wouldn't rank it over somewhere in time i i would not i would not say it's a no skip 
every time album. I, I, I wouldn't. Jackson, what about you? I, I think I'm in the same boat. I, I okay. we, we reviewed that, and you know, we went into especially where Eagles Dare. It's like, eh, you know what? The more you listen to that, eh, the intro is <laughs> cool, and then it kind of gets yeah. it gets a little bit. But I mean, it's a great album. But um, yeah, yeah I, I would definitely rank others higher than that. Yeah, there's some. Of, I mean, some of their best songs ever on there. You know, you got yeah. the Trooper, you got Flight mm-hmm. of Icarus, you got Revelations, you got things like that. I, but you know, it is what it is. But I, I, I have a guy that just pesters me about it, and so I just thought I'd throw it at y'all real fast. <laughs> Can't give it a ten out of ten, but it, it's a, it's a classic. It's a great one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You got the Trooper on your album. You know, it's kind of hard to argue against it too much. But well, I appreciate you guys having me on. No, thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. What a blast that week was, man. I've gone to a lot of shows over the years and been with a lot of friends, lots of different folks. But because Jackson and I lived apart from each other for so long and, and kind of lost touch for a, a decade or so there, we've missed out on going to a lot of shows together. And for this to be Jackson's first Iron Maiden show in Amsterdam, where I used to live, it was so much fun. I can't even express how much fun we had there. And then going to Antwerp with a special bonus of bumping into the band at the bar after the show... Just fantastic. I'm glad you guys are here to listen and share this with us. And I encourage you, if you've got a favorite band and you've got a friend who's got the same and you haven't seen them together, figure out a way to go. And if you haven't seen Iron Maiden, they're not doing too many U.S. dates this year. We'll see about what's to come. But you got to go and see Iron Maiden live. They're about the best live band I've ever seen. And they're still doing it. And it's still a lot of fun. And we thank Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone for kind of being our interviewer, right? Uh, you know, asking the pointed questions that the Iron Maiden fans will want to hear the answers to. And a guy who's been to many, many shows himself, definitely check out his show. And you can follow him and us on Twitter, which is now called X. I don't know what Elon's doing there, but it's at ugly underscore werewolf and at actionjack72. Let us know about the albums, the bands, the concerts, the books, the rock properties you want to hear about. And we're on Instagram and we're on threads, and we're on YouTube, maybe we're on Facebook, but please download, subscribe, wherever you get your shows, and listen guys, if you want to do us a big favor, go on wherever you get your shows, whether it's Apple, or Spotify, or Good Pods, or any of the great platforms out there, go in and give us a positive review, it just makes a huge difference when we're out there trying to find more rock and roll fans like you, and it'll help us get more guests, more fun things to talk about on the show. Thanks, as always, to Pantheon Pods, of which we are a proud member of that network of about 100 different music shows. And thank you to RareVinyl.com. Go to RareVinyl.com, guys. Use the code UGLY. You save 10% off your purchases. They've got all sorts of amazing stuff there, and they ship all over the world. So you want some rare Iron Maiden stuff, go to RareVinyl.com. Use code UGLY. Next week, what's coming next week? But before next week's show, we've actually got a pretty big surprise in store from you. Something we've been cooking up for months and months now, really probably over a year before we finally got ourselves together to, to do it. We're, we're launching a new sidecast and it's first concert memories. It's about the first time huge fans of a certain band went to see that band. And we've got 20 standard questions where we ask everybody as far as when it was, who you went with, opening act, sound quality, all the stuff you're going to want to know. It debuts August the 1st. Not going to tell you who it was. Let's just say they're part of the Pantheon network of shows. And they're two passionate guys who are about our age talking about the band they love the most. 
So stay tuned for that one. And until next time, to all you rock and rollers all around the world, be cool and stay safe. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.